0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. For those of you watching online, I
1: just want to say this. Thank you for watching. It means the world to us that you would do that. We're in the middle of a series, actually I'm starting it today, called Silence the Cynics. It's all about overcoming and discrediting the insecurities that are in your life. So I'd say this, if you're ever in Texas in the Bryan College Station area, why don't you come out to a New Heights Church service this week? I promise me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right, guys, I'm going to take a couple of minutes to kind of lay a runway because what's happening this month at our church is something i you won't want to miss a single service god began to speak to me in january of this year and he began to change my life as much as he has ever changed my life before for 2 weeks i only spoke of it with crystal my wife and i said these things are challenging me at such a high level. I'm not even going to make a change in my life until I have digested this fully. It took me two weeks and I began to say, okay, now I have a clear picture of what you're trying to impart in me. Because what happens, and those of you who have been around the things of God for a while, this may be for you more than it is for somebody else. And I'll get back to all of us in just a second. But when you hear a word from God in your spirit, whether it's a that still small voice or whether somebody says something to you and you just know that that was God bringing a message to you in the right time or a word or a word of encouragement, what happens is is your mind starts running and it's almost like your mind starts running to different file cabinets in your head. And it will begin to pull out files to try to validate that uh, that information based off the word of God. Or to invalidate that information based off the word of God. So the reason I say I took some time to really digest it. Because just because uh, I sense something or I feel something. If it's contrary to God's Bible. It is not God's word. Amen. So we have to have that as a, as a finite point. But I'm going to ask a question. And I want you to be aware. You got to be cautious when you listen today and over the next couple of weeks. Because what I'm about to say can sound outlandishly cliche. Matter of fact, uh, one comment I'm going to make is very, it's an actual cliche. But I don't need you to hear it at the surface. I need you to hear it at the very depths of who you are. I need you to hear it at the very depths of what you can actually think and reason. So right now, just by faith, we're going to take our mask off for a minute. Some of y'all are like, but I don't want to wash my makeup off. That's not what I'm talking about. We're going to take our mask off for a minute. We're going to get real for the next, I'm going to teach 25 or 30 minutes. We're going to get real for the next 25 or 30 minutes because there is a level of freedom that is available to you that if you begin to walk in it, every single facet of your life will change. Since January 2019, there's not one part of my life that has not improved because of what I'm going to start sharing today. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to give me the ability to share what you've shared with me. I ask you, Lord, to bring it through not just my lips, but through your word, that they wouldn't just hear my voice, but they would hear you lovingly speaking. They would hear your Bible, making things very clear in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Here's the question, and don't hear it at the surface. I mean, hear it at the depths of what it could be. What would your life look like if you really lived without regard for what people think and say about you? What would your life look like if you were completely free of the burden of worrying what everybody thinks about you? Your extended family, your friends, those that uh, spoke harshly to you 10, 20, 30 years ago. And for whatever reason, it replays in your head like a record. Oh, not all the time, I know. But at times when it would be most adverse, it boomerangs back to the forefront of your mind. And in a moment, you go from confident to insecure. What would it feel like to walk in a room? Let me say this. I can really sense you listening, and I very much appreciate that. What would it feel like to walk in a room and before you walked in have already determined, I'm not going to be moved by a single thought, look, interaction, conversation, lack of conversation, somebody recognizes me, somebody ignores me, Or anything in the middle. What would your life really look like if you were completely free of the burden of what somebody else thinks about you? Insecurities. The cynics in your life. When we think about cynics, it's easy to think about other people, but the truth of the matter is you don't know what everybody thinks about you, but you begin to get a picture of it, and it begins to build these cynics in your own mind that begin to speak to you and talk to you at certain times, and all of a sudden, you go from feeling outlandishly confident to all of a sudden, you end up feeling less than, and you feel like, I don't know why everything is happening to me, and I don't know how come this is happening, and how comes that. Happening, and before you know it, you're living a less than life. When God said, matter of fact, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He came that you might be free, not just of the things external, but of the things internal as well. He said he was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquities are things you can't see. They're under the surface. He bled under the skin to pay the price for all the iniquitous nature that you have to, that you have to wash out and rid out throughout the course of your life. But it starts by deciding today, I'm not living one more moment worrying about what somebody else thinks about me. I'm not going one more minute worrying what somebody might say or what they might not say. Or have I been invited to the group or was I not invited to the group? Or can I sit at the table or can I not sit at the table? I decree and declare from this day on, you're going to begin to walk into freedom where when the cynics of your head begin to come back, you're going to cast down every thought and every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every time that thought comes, you have an opportunity. You can either cast it down or you can let it sit there. And let me tell you how to recognize very quickly if it's a thought worth, worth, uh, worth meditating on. Who in here has kids? Just raise one hand. If the thought was spoken to your child, would you allow it? If the thought was spoken spoken to your offspring in your presence, would you allow it? Because to your kids, you just want confidence and you just want to build them up and you want to celebrate them. Certainly we correct them when it's necessary, but we want the best for them. We want them standing on our shoulders. The problem is we will tolerate in our own mind what nobody would tolerate being said to their own children. And you are God's child. He is looking at you saying, stop tolerating those thoughts. You are not what you have done. You are not what you have not done. You are a summation of what I say you are. And I've called you my son or I've called you my daughter a literal removing and a rewiring of the mainframe that makes you tick so that you, honest to God, begin to put your thoughts in line with what God actually said about you. Freedom in this area is a two-part recipe. Everybody say, two parts. Two parts. Romans 10, 9, very, very prominent scripture. Most Christians that go soul winning know this scripture. Romans 10, 9 says, if you will confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So let's read that together. If you'll believe, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I know I read it in today's vernacular. I see it in King James. I just changed the words because I like it. Praise the Lord. Here's the deal. If you're going to be saved, You have to believe in your heart. Can we agree with that? If you're going to be saved and you're capable of doing it, you have to confess with your mouth. Can we agree with that? So if you confess with your mouth, but you don't believe with your heart, you can't have salvation. If you believe with your heart, but you don't confess with your mouth, you can't have salvation according to God's holy Bible. The challenge is everybody says what I'm about to say. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Everybody confesses it. But that's only 50% of the equation. The next thing you have to do is believe in your heart with all that you have that literally nobody's opinion of you has any merit. Nobody's opinion of you can dictate you. I have a son. His name is Walker Lee. He's 10. We love him. We love all of our children. But the interesting thing about my son is uh, Crystal and I, we named him. Now, I love all of you. But you cannot change my son's name. The reason you can't change my son's name is you didn't make my son. If God called you his son... Stop listening to the cynics in your head that call you something else. You didn't make you. Nobody else made you. The cynics can't make, didn't make you. Therefore, they can't rename you. He said you are his daughter. He said you are his son. A watchmaker who takes all the time to put all the small gears together and make sure it all comes around in the right time at the right place. That is the one who has the authority to name the watch. He's the one who took the time, the effort, and the energy that before he formed you in his mother's womb, he knew what you were going to be. He spoke you into existence. The Bible says he knows the plans he has for you. These cynical thoughts in your head, these insecure ideas in your head, they do not have the authority to enunciate one facet of your life because none of them made you. We have to get our mind in complete congruence with what God said. And when you do, all of a sudden, freedom becomes who you are, not something you've heard about. You begin to walk into your, to a room. You begin to walk into uh, uh, your your 20-year your, your class reunion. And everybody else is nervous, but you're not. Because nobody's opinion of you has any bearing on your life. You begin to walk into the job knowing that nobody's opinion of you has any bearing. The Bible says as we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he'll raise us up. We don't have to go out worrying and fighting all of our own battles. He is our shield and our buckler. He is a strong tower. We run to him and we're safe. We're not worrying through life, we are flourishing through life. Let me tell you something. This is not something that happens overnight. Bite by bite, moment by moment. And the way you do it, I heard this said one time and I really like it. Let me tell you how I do it. Who wants something you can use like right now today? Just wave at me. In your mind, any thought that comes in your mind that is contrary to God's word, any thought that 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 makes you feel less than, that causes you to constrict instead of expand any thought that does that i'm gonna tell you what i do i treat it like a cd and i take that cd in my mind and i scratch it on a rock and then i throw it down and i said not my thought and the next time it plays because i don't want you to be naive when you leave here it'll try to play again it tries to play again, but it doesn't play as well as it played the first time. It skips a little bit. And so what I do is I go, not my thought, and I scratch it again. And the third or fourth time, it tries to play, and all of a sudden, in my mind, it says, uh, damaged disc won't play. You don't tolerate these thoughts that you would not tolerate spoken to your offspring. Come up here, Trinity. Y'all give Miss Trinity a big hand. This is our baby. She is uh, wonderful and beautiful, as you can tell. But anybody who knows me knows I would not tolerate one word said contrary to her in my presence. There's nothing I would not do for her. There's nothing I would not. There's nowhere I would not go for her. There's nothing that I would not uh, 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 give up for her. She is mine. And if you ask me why I love her, I would not begin to describe her successes to you. If you ask me why I love her, I would say, well, I love her because she belongs to me. I love her because her mom and me made her and she just brought so much joy to our life. But I would not begin to describe her successes as a measuring stick for why I love her because I don't love her because she's successful, even though she is very successful. I think y'all can tell she's very successful, but I don't love her just because she's successful. I love her because she is born, come on somebody, in my house. When Jesus was asked about the kingdom of heaven, he said to me, he said, listen about the kingdom of heaven. He said, you can't even get into the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again into the kingdom of heaven. That's why he describes it that way. Because to begin to love the unfettered, unrestrained, unconditional love that God has for every single person, you have to understand a birthright. Somebody say birthright. I don't love Trinity Bell right here because of everything she's done right. And I don't love her less if she ever misses the mark. I love her because she is born in my house. Now, I want you to help me with something. Can you help me with something? Can y'all give Trinity a big hand? Can you help me with something? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Little known fact, Trinity's a, 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 just a special girl in every area. But I want you, baby girl, I want you to paint us a picture real quick. I'm going to keep preaching, but I want you to paint us a picture. Can you do that? Yes, sir. I know you can. And I love you. How about that? All right, hop up here. I'm going to open the paint for you. Can you make it? Scooch you up just a little bit. You good? All right, here's the yellow. I'm gonna have that for you. Here's the purple. Oh, sorry, red. Here's the blue. And here's the green. So take a a couple of minutes. Don't take too long, but paint us a nice picture. Can you do that? Okay, thank you, baby. Y'all give Trent another big hand. See, everybody says I don't care what people think. But in our hearts, we tolerate insecurities and live like slaves to what other people might be thinking. And the reason I say might be thinking is because we don't actually know what people are thinking. And the natural state of our mind is to go to the worst thought that they might could have. And then we replay it. I wonder what they thought when I said this. I wonder what they thought when I didn't say this. Uh, I wonder if this happened. I wonder if that happens. And we end up finding ourselves stuck in a rut where the reality is is we start to measure ourselves based off of our successes. And the problem is it's a double-edged sword. Because the moment you measure yourself based off your success, you will begin to measure yourself when you fail. As long as you're getting it right, everything's good. But the one time the ball doesn't bounce your way, the one time something in business doesn't work out the way that it should, you've had a thousand other things work out, but there's one thing that didn't work out. And now you start going, oh my gosh, what happened? I knew I, it's all fleeting. I'm just barely holding on right now. Everything's a glass house. The devil is a liar. You are not your accomplishment and you are not your failure. You're not what you did well and you're not what, and you're not what you did wrong. You listen to this. For every person, saved or unsaved, you will never be more loved by God than you are right now. I'm going to say it again for all the religious people. Saved or unsaved. You will never be more loved by God than you are right now. Now, once you have become a Christian. From that moment, you will never be more accepted by God. Not one thing you're going to do will get you more accepted by him. It was the birthright that put you in the house that got you accepted by him. When you became born again, when you accepted that sacrifice, God says to you today, come boldly before my throne and make your request known unto me. Can I reword it? Because this is how I read it to myself. Baby boy, Brian, don't you ever hang your head when you walk into me. We go to God with our head down, dragging our feet, and we're reminding him of mistakes we made five years ago. And he's bragging about us to everybody else in the throne room. Not because of our successes. Because the truth of it is, you're ready to brag about your son or grandson about how well they play baseball and they've never hit the ball past the pitcher's mound. It's not because of their successes that make you love them. It's because they were born in your house. Nothing Trinity can do can make me love her more. Nothing she could do could make her, me love her less. The fact that she has great success motivates me and encourages me and I celebrate it. But my love for her is not predicated on what grade she makes in mathematics. My love for her is predicated on the birthright that she was born in my house. You when you say yes to Jesus you are born again into the family of God and he is sitting on his throne thinking about you today. Amen. The Bible says that we can go boldly before the throne. I'll never forget Whenever I was a boy, I would come home from school and my parents, we, we had different businesses all the time, different ventures. We come from a very small town and one was a dry cleaning plant. We had a a dry cleaning plant. We had a, a shoe shop, a bus station, a mattress shop, a pager store, a cell phone store. We worked in the timber industry. We never slept. So my 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 life growing up was school, church. Sports and work and we slept a little bit in between come on somebody But what would happen is I would get out of school and as long as I was at one of the schools that was close enough You know within a mile or so to walk uh to the to the cleaners after School I would walk to the cleaners after my sports or whatever and I would get there and my dad had an office That was that was there in the plant and 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 I remember sometimes the door was shut sometimes the door wasn't shut But I never knocked I just walked right in. Sometimes he was in a meeting. Sometimes he wasn't in a meeting. But would you know it? Even if he was in a meeting, he would would cold stop the meeting and look at me and say, Brian, you made it. And I said, yes, sir, I sure did. He said, how was school today? I'd be like, I don't know. He'd be like, how was football? I was like, awesome. (laughs) He would say, well, I'm glad you made it here. Hey, listen, go into the safe. Get you some money and go over to the, the convenience store. It was called Tidbit. Go over to Tidbit and get yourself something to eat. He never said to me, worry. He never said to me, only $5. He never said to me, uh, get yourself just uh, 25 cents. He just said, open the safe. Go get you something to eat. So here I am, uh, 10, 11, 12 years old, sometimes younger than that. I'd go into the safe room and I'd start dialing that safe. Sometimes I would I would act like I was cracking the code. I'd stick my ear on it. I knew the combination, but I was act like I was cracking the code. I'd swing the safe open and there's bags of money sitting there. I would get what I needed to go and get uh, uh, the, the Reese's Pieces and the Dr. Pepper and some change so that I could play Galaga. Come on, somebody. A couple of y'all just went back. You were like, praise the Lord for Galaga. But I would go over there. I'd shut the safe back. I'd come back drinking my Coke. I'd drink drinking my Dr. Pepper and eating my Reese's Pieces. And, and, And every now and then, matter of fact, most of the time, I'd buy something for my mom and dad with their money. But you know what never crossed my mind? Stealing from my father's safe. Because I had access. I didn't have access because I made great grades. I didn't have access because I never threw an interception. I didn't have access because I always said the right things and did the right things. I had access because I am his son. No employee had the combination to the safe. I verified with him this week. I said, "Did you ever?" He said, "Oh no, I didn't give that." When I grew up, we'd be at church, and sometimes in between services, because we had a couple services on Sunday morning, he would say, "Go to the washeteria and get the money." I would go to the washeteria when the washeteria was closed on a Sunday morning, and I would walk out of there with twenty five hundred dollars in quarters. I was the only kid that carried lunch money in quarters every day. It never crossed my mind to grab a handful of quarters, stick them in my pocket and hide them under the mattress. Because as a son, come on somebody, I had complete and total access. Somebody say access. You've got to start washing out those cynical, insecure thoughts because you are not your accomplishments. You are not your failures. You are a full summation of what God says you are. And he says you are an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. That means when you walk in the throne room and you start reminding him of a mistake you made five years ago that you've already repented for, he's going, what are you talking about? I threw that in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, you have been forgiven. He said, I told you the righteous would fall seven times, but I also told you you're going to get back up. We stop looking at ourselves through the lens of what we've done. Because the moment we do that, now the cynics have a right to speak. But if who you are is not predicated on your success or failure, but it is predicated on your birthright. Now the cynics must be silent in your life. Everything has to shift. I go through my days now and I'm beginning to master it. It's again, I'm probably almost 45 days into it now. And I've talked with five pastors about this. Five. One told me one, one, he called me uh, two or three days in a row. He told me, he says, he said, those are the whispers of heaven. All five of them said the same thing. Most of them, you would know some of them on television, some of them, the biggest of the big on television, They said to me this, most of the conversations went for two hours and they just started looking at me saying, say that again. If I was talking to a pastor, I would say, you are not your last sermon. If I was talking to a mom, I would say, you're not what your kid did wrong. I feel like a failure as a parent because my kid did this, that or the other. Can I ask you a question? God is our father. Is he a failure? Because he is perfect in all his ways, yet his kids still miss the mark. So why, when our children miss the mark, do we allow the cynics to act like we aren't trying our best? Do not be handcuffed. To the decisions of others that you were supposed to or do have influence in their life. They have something between their ears called a brain. Some of them. And their decision is their decision. Just because your kid made a decision, it doesn't mean you missed it as a parent. If that were true, then God would be a bad parent. And I refuse to believe that because the Bible makes it clear he's a good father. He said, come boldly before the throne. Don't you hang your head when you come to me. Picture my little girl behind me. You still painting, baby girl? How's it going? Oh, you're done? Okay, one more second, okay? Put a bit, put, write your name right here so everybody knows whose it is, okay? Thank you, baby. If that thing behind me walked in my home in my living room hung her head drug her feet and said daddy I am not worthy to be around you I'm not worthy to be in your presence it would destroy me it would break my heart into a million irreparable pieces and it wouldn't have mattered what she had done before all I would want in that moment is for her to know beyond a shadow of a doubt your daddy loves you because you are born in my house because of who you are you remember God said whenever he was asked to describe himself who do I tell him you are? He said, I am. Then he says, later, God is, then the scripture says, God is love. Can we put them together and just say, God is? And if that can be said, love is. I I don't love you because you didn't, I don't love you because you made your bed. I don't love you because you brushed your teeth on time. I love you because of who you are and whose house you were born into. Now the challenge, that's what God's saying about you today. John, Billy, William, Susan, Gladys, Martha. Don't hang your head when you come to me. If it was based on what you've done, nobody would have a prayer. But it's based on what he did. And instrumentally, the option to be born again and the birth puts you in the family. So when you hang your head and drag your feet coming to God, you disrespect the price that was paid to give you the access. If I bought you a suite at the Rockets game to watch James Harden put up fifty, and I bought a buffet, whole nine yards, paid 10000 for the whole thing. Somebody, some of you are like, okay, preacher, I'll take that. If I paid for it all, I said, come in here and enjoy. And you walked in and you pulled out a $5 bill. So let me just put something towards it. You would disrespect the price that was already paid that I asked you to walk in. Yeah, 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 but I, I don't feel like I'm worthy. What are you talking about? We're family. Oh, it wasn't what you did that got you here. If you had $20 million in the bank... You died. Would you want your kids to have it? But they didn't earn it. But because of their birthright. They deserve it. Does this make sense? Do you feel how this can set you free? No more thought to anybody's opinion. Because it was not. The quality of what you have accomplished that caused God to love you in the first place. And it's not your failure that would ever get you further from Him. He actually says, Come up here and sit down with me. Be seated in heavenly places. The angels don't sit in His presence, His children do. Could you imagine my kids walking in and feeling like they had to stand at attention all day long? If they came into my house and said, "Daddy, can I just have a, just just I don't want much. Just give me a glass of water. Just a glass of water. Every single thing is for you. Every bit of it. Your mother and me, we don't sit around thinking." About whether or not we're going to feed you breakfast. That's your needs. Of course we're going to feed you breakfast. But we talk sometimes to the late hours of the night. Planning and scheming on how we can bless you. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? These are the thoughts God's having towards you. But the problem is. It's a still small voice. And the cynic scream. I started chasing down my thoughts, the thoughts I'm scratching up. I started, I started going and saying, okay, where did that come from? Some of them are 20, 25 years old. Something somebody said to me. Something somebody did to me. An event or a meeting where somebody I was hoping would recognize me ignored me. And I wondered, why would they ignore me? What have I done wrong? And when you start getting free. It's like walking into the water at the beach. The further you go, the deeper it gets. And you'll begin to find levels of freedom. That God actually intended. Remember he said this. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Whom the son has set free. It's free indeed. I think we ought to live free. Somebody say silence the cynics. Silence. All right, Trinity Bell. Let's take a look here, girl. This looks pretty nice. I would say a Picasso. How about that? All right, come here. Are your, your hand. Oh, you've been using this. So good. Great. Wipe that off again. Come on down off your stool. Perfect. Okay. This is nice. What do y'all think? Is this pretty good or what? Here, come here. Look at this camera right here and smile. We're going to have that as a picture. Oh, it's a video. Sorry, here we go. Okay, so let me see that microphone, Jake. All right. Let's see here. Tell me. Tell me. What it, hold it up to your mouth. What is this? That's <laughs> what that's me preaching do i have blue hair (laughs) no do i have blue shoes no what is this over here oh okay well what color is my hair (laughs) okay that's good great okay and what is this right here oh that's very. y'all give her a big hand all right, wait right there. i tell you what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it, just because I love you, I'm going to put it right here. How's that? Is that good? Okay, y'all give Trinity another big hand. All right, baby, go see mom right there. I'll see you in a little bit. Now, here's the deal. Not only is this... Borderline weird, how accurate this is of me preaching. My hands look like stars. I don't know if y'all can see that, but it's good. And I'm. Bo- Did she draw a dress on me, Jen? <laughs> no, nah, kidding. Okay. Come help me out, Jamie. Listen to me real close. I'm gonna close in five minutes. Her painting is not on my refrigerator because it's better than other children. It's on my refrigerator because she is mine. When you go to God and you never stop regurgitating your past mistakes that he's already forgiven you for, you are interrupting heaven to tell you something you've already heard. Doctor Oral Roberts, I was told he was in a meeting one time, and there was a deal that he was trying to get done, and the guy on the other side of the table was was you know s- slow playing the deal and. Dr. Roberts, I believe, had an attorney or at least a representative with him. And they were talking, talking, talking. And, and, and all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Roberts wasn't sitting at the table. He was kind of sitting in the back. And he started just patting his leg like that. And they were all talking. And he did that for, I don't know, a minute or so. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped. And he said, gentlemen, there's a cadence to the things of God. And you don't want to interrupt the flow. When you regurgitate your mistakes and allow them to run roughshod through your head, you interrupt the cadence of heaven. Because God, if He was going to weigh you on your actions, you are hopeless. You are without hope. There's nothing you could do that would overtake the things you have done wrong. When you constantly throw your mistakes that have been forgiven, I'm not talking about asking for forgiveness and repenting for something you do. That's where you fall seven times, you get back up. I'm talking about the junk that keeps popping up from three years ago or two marriages ago. And you keep thinking through it. What's wrong with me? Why did this happen? Oh, it's always been that way. You remember when they said this and they said this and this happened and you regurgitate it. The reality of your situation is he's sitting there bragging to Gabriel about your finger paint that's on his refrigerator and you are interrupting him by saying things that he's not even thinking about. And let me say it differently. He's tired of hearing it. Oh, preacher, that sounds whatever. Let me ask you a question. Which one of your kids would you want them to apologize for you, to you every single day for what they did when they were 12? They're 30. and You wouldn't want them walking in and apologizing for what they did when they were a teenager every time they walk in the room. Matter of fact, in today's vernacular, you would say to them, come boldly in here. I'm not weighing what you did. I've already considered it gone. I've thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness. In today's world, in 2019, we would say it like this. We would say, stop it. You are more than a conqueror, not through you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. Get in here with me. Give me a hug. Come boldly into my presence. Be seated right here. I'm making sure these angels watch over you. You don't even, you don't even twist your ankle. And you're wondering if you can come to me. I, I feel God going like this. Are you nuts? I had Jesus pay the ultimate price. It's time to silence the cynics and live free. I'm talking free. What do you think somebody else thinks? What somebody thinks about me is none of my business. I don't live based off somebody else's thoughts. The fact that I'm loved by my Abba Father, my daddy in heaven establishes who i am and even myself i'm not authorized to change my name if he called me his son if god said it that settles it oh well well you didn't earn it no duh of course i didn't earn it do you deserve it every stitch You deserve it. Absolutely. Why? I'm an heir. I'm an heir to freedom itself. I'm an heir to love itself. There's one verse. It says he'll be my confidence. I'm an heir to confidence. I'm an heir to joy. I'm an heir to my family. She family thriving and flourishing. I'm an heir. Everywhere I put my foot, I'll possess it. Everything my hand touches will prosper. I'm not going to be moved by what other people think to the point I'm not even going to weigh it. You know what somebody thinks about you? No. Did you hear what they said? No. Did you hear what they said? Yeah, what do you think about it? I don't think about it. The person... That's living in your head, not paying rent, isn't even thinking about you. And sometime in the middle of the day, the thought comes back around like a boomerang. Just wait. Look, it's an indication of when God's really fixing to take you somewhere. Because as soon as you're fixing to launch into something new, those cynics, those insecure thoughts, They'll start coming back. You've got to live like a son in spite of your cynics. Winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. And the root of it all it's because they're insecure. Most conversations, at least in America, I've spent some time out of country, but I can talk for America because I've been an American my whole life. Most conversations in America are not conversations at all. It's two monologues of two insecure people With one talking and the other waiting on a moment to interject, to say something, to try to verify to the first person that you're not smarter than me. And then they start talking and then all of a sudden this insecure person starts waiting for their moment to interject, to try to say something, to verify that you're not smarter than me. And the root of it all, it's two insecure people that care whether or not one thinks the other is more intelligent but when you don't care at all i don't care when you don't care at all if this person thinks you're intelligent or 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 otherwise you're free to listen without obstacle and you might actually hear something that can change your life oh well god couldn't speak to that person He used a donkey. A level of freedom that could have only been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ to set you free. Somebody say, silence the cynics. We're not living... With regard to what anybody thinks about us, one more day. Not one more minute. Every time that thought comes, we're just gonna scratch it. I even say it, I scratch that thought. I throw it down. Because we all say, I don't care what anybody thinks. But in our heart, we really do. And we carry those things around. And before you know it, we're five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, and we're wrestling with the same stupid insecurities that we were wrestling with 20 years ago when Jesus died to set us free from all of it. It's time to live free. This frees you to witness like you've never witnessed before, to love people and point them to Christ, to take uh, some invite cards from the ushers after service and to go boldly, not arrogantly, just boldly because you don't care what they think about you. Ooh, they're going to think, I'm. Um, who cares? Hey, what's up? My name's Brian. Just want to invite you to our church. If you come to New Heights, look for me. Well, what if they think I'm pushy? What if they think I'm not pushy? What if they think I'm a Jesus freak? What if they think whatever? What if, you know I didn't fix my hair? what? Who cares? Who cares what anybody thinks? You'll get so free, you'll feel like a child. Do you remember what Jesus said when they asked him who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You can't even get into the kingdom of heaven. This was his answer. You can't even get into the kingdom of heaven unless you come like one of these kids. Trinity Bell doesn't run to me and jumble me when I come home from work. And start going, oh daddy, I'm so sorry. When I was three, I spilled my Cheerios. She just comes to me because she knows I love her. Unconditionally, unfettered. And when they make a mistake, we correct them because whom the father loves, he'll correct. But even in that moment, I make sure you got to know, baby, me and your mama, we love you more than you could ever imagine. Even now, this has nothing to do with love. This has to do with we're setting you in a direction that you should go because we're going to get free. Somebody say free.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.